Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Resilient Side of the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Stevie G. This podcast is primarily geared to provide listeners with tangible concepts that they can relate to, as well as using their personal lives. Each episode is unique as we bring down-to-earth guests with many perspectives and practical advice. It's for anyone that needs that nudge to push through life and align with their passions. We hope that you are able to enjoy each episode just as much as we do. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms and share this podcast with someone you know, because we all have our successes and failures, but getting through the storm is the most rewarding. So for now, sit back and pour yourself a glass of resilience on the rocks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. I'm your host, Stevie G, and with me today, I have a good fellow USMC veteran and friend, Blake Moretta. Thanks for jumping. Uh, excuse me. Thanks for jumping on the podcast with us. It's great to have you here, brother. Thank you. Hey, it's good to be here, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. So I'll get, I'll talk a little bit about who you are to me. That way the listeners could have an understanding a little bit about our relationship, but I won't steal much from you because I want you to be able to give uh, the listeners a little piece of who you are. So me and Blake, if I'm not mistaken, we both joined the Marine Corps at the same time, went to boot camp at mm-hmm. the same time. Uh, we You graduated well, a second battalion Fox Company, correct? Uh, negative. I was in third battalion Kilo. Okay. So we're probably like a week apart or a week or two yep. apart. I know. I know we linked up yep. at... Uh, whether it was MCT or it was probably the schoolhouse, I think we linked up. So yeah, it's I think awesome. we were at MCT and the schoolhouse. Yeah, look at that. So pretty much from the time we started our Marine Corps career to the end, uh, at least our first three to four years, we definitely had a, some type of working relationship. So that's awesome. That's how I know you. I haven't talked to you in years, right? I, I think I really just keep yeah. in contact with you over Facebook, and that's just be, me watching as you grow and as you exited the military. Uh, I know the little bit I know about you is that you've been doing your thing with the with the K nine training. I've been watching your little videos that you post. I'm like, oh man, he's he's getting good at that. So go ahead. Before I steal any more of your thunder, go ahead and tell me. No, you're good, you man. Are. Yeah. So I um I got in the military um about the same time as you. Um, I, I, we saw each other at MCT. That's the last memory that I had. Um, uh, the furthest memory back. Uh, and then we linked up in comm school, and I was pretty much a really quirky guy and I think you were uh helping me out you were a really nice dude <laughs> <laughs> trying to help me out um you know I had a, a lot to learn and a long way to go a lot to grow uh, into um and some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today as it applies to us and then also our kids um is going to speak to some of that as well um but yeah, so I, you know, I started training dogs back in 2015 when I got a dog while I was still in the Marine Corps. And, um, you know, I've been doing it ever since. This is uh, going to make eight years for me. Um, and I've trained hundreds of dogs. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, I've got a podcast called Dominion Dog Training on Spotify. And uh, it's a biblical approach to dog training. And it is also giving out all the principles that I use uh, and how to apply them practically. I, I try to keep 
those episodes under 10 minutes for everybody that works has a has a <laughs> life <laughs> you know so that you can apply them right away at home first series is like hey this is deal with self-control with yourself second series is how do you make your dog love what they're about to be conforming to uh, the third series uh, I'm delving into I think discipline uh, the fourth series I'm dealing with discipline again and the fifth series that I'll be working on later is going to be how to correct your dog how to discipline your dog um, and how to get them through that stress to make them uh, resilient for one um, and uh, a companion that obeys you in multiple contexts wherever you go it doesn't have a problem with other people dogs or things so the podcast is really trying to help folks as much as possible free um and yeah i've got my own business i've been doing it officially formally with the state of idaho um for going on two years now uh, but i've been training dogs since 2015 so i really enjoy it and something that's very near and dear to me i was from louisiana that's where i went back home to after i got out of the marine corps in late 2018 but after that i went to school in idaho in moscow at new st andrews college i got married i've got a little boy now and uh We've got an awesome church community here. I think it's great. Um, lots of families, lots of kids. I don't feel like I'm ever alone. You know, if I'm like raising my son, I'm like, oh, what do I do for this? You know? <laughs> I got a, a plethora of uh, wise and older folks that I can run to. So it's it's really great. I'm loving it here. That's outstanding, brother. You're, you're definitely doing it. Like I said, I've been watching a little bit from the outside, but to see what you're doing after the Marine Corps is great. Uh, your journey brought you to Idaho. Uh, but one question, I'm going to take you right back. So you're from Louisiana. What sure. brought you to join the Marine Corps? Uh, so actually, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try to keep this as short as I can because it's way too long. Um, oh, yeah. I was uh, homeschooled, uh, and then I went to a pub, uh, private school. Um, and sophomore year, I think I failed English class, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> you know, didn't eat my crayons that day or something. And, uh, you know, my... I think my mom, I wasn't 16 yet, I, couldn't, I didn't have my driver's permit, but um, I had uh, my mom pick me up from school, at summer school, and she's like, hey, how'd it go? And the first thing I said was, you know, I think I'd want to join the Marine Corps. I, <laughs> and she just said, really? And I said, yeah, this is why. Now, recruiters weren't allowed to come to my school. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was outside of their district. And um, I had never seen the military, uh, the Marine Corps at all, didn't know about them. I'd, I'd learned about the Army and the Air Force and the Navy and whatnot, but I'd never heard about the Marine Corps. Um, and so the fact that I knew about that was strange. And, and even to this day, I wonder what influenced me. Did I see a billboard or did I see somebody walking around in blues? I can't remember. Uh, it's too foggy. But she took me to the recruiting office and uh, I decided that I was going to stay there. Uh, and I did the DEP program for a while. Um, I was actually with them from sophomore year all the way through my senior year. Whoa. So I was there for a while. Yeah, I I got to learn a lot. Um, I really befriended the, the recruiters there. Uh, it was it was good. It was good for me. Um, but it was a very religious reason for me that I joined. And this is where it gets kind of crazy. Um because in the South, there's a lot, the, uh, the way that Christianity is by and large viewed is this emotional experience, this mm -hmm. euphoric experience. Um, it's, it's not largely based on what the Bible says. It's largely based on how you feel Jesus 
is supposed to be. Um, and so for me, that's what it was. But I was sitting there my senior year and I was like, well, God, if you, um, you know, I'm praying. I'm like, well, God, if, if this is what you want me to do, then I'll do it. If not, I'll go be a fry cook. I'll be a lawyer, an engineer, whatever you want me to be. I'll do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, later on, uh, I had some kind of, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but I knew that I was like, okay, I need to go into the Marine Corps. And, um, I took it as a, a sign from heaven. <laughs> and so I, I went into the Marine Corps and good grief. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because like we're going to be discussing, I would say that I grew up as a bastard son, right? I would say that I grew up as a bastard son. Uh, my father was there, uh, but he wasn't there as a good leader in my home, right? He didn't teach me how to do a lot of things, but we'll get into that. Yeah. When we get into sure, it. That's awesome. Going back to the whole recruiting thing, because you know, obviously I was a Marine, Marine Corps recruiter. And uh, yeah. I remember the time I met the recruiter for the first time. I remember the first time I seen a Marine. I mm-hmm. remember uh, my interaction. Shoot, I still speak to my recruiter to this day, like 12 nice. years later. We still have FaceTime calls and we chatted up. And it, it's crazy. But that's awesome yeah. that, you know, what brought you to where you are now, because the Marine Corps definitely, in my opinion, sets a foundation of who you might end up being in the future. So that's yeah. awesome, brother. So that's that's where you're coming from. So you told me a little bit about your profession and what you do. Uh, so how old is your son now? Oh, man, he's an infant. He's uh, he's five months old as of, uh, I think, two days ago. And um, I we're just, we're so, exci- we're so excited. My wife has actually uh, been thinking, you know, I've had to kind of slow her down a little bit because as much as I would love to have more kids at the rapid rate, you know, I know it's not the smartest thing. She's, she's got to have time to heal and, and, uh, we've got to have time to get the first one situated and then we can work on having more, but she, uh, she, she's been so excited with, with this one and we both have, but she's been like, Oh, I can't wait to have more. We should, we should be thinking about having more. And I'm like, well, why don't we, why don't we slow down? You know, I'm I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. What's that? How, how old is he? My son? Yeah. He's five months old. Five. Okay. Yeah, that's the yeah. perfect time. I remember. So my son's about to be three. And up until they're about like one is like great because, you know, they're not talking to you. They're not <laughs> causing a ruckus. And <laughs> yeah. for the most part, you know, he, he should be sleeping, right? But that's yeah. awesome, man. It's definitely a beautiful thing. I wish I could go back to when my son was in those, uh in the months phases. He now, yeah. he's uh, three years old. He doesn't even act like a kid. He acts like a grown man at this point. It's pretty oh, out of man. control. but. Uh, but yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I would love to start having more kids. My, my wife's probably going to listen to this podcast, but Mm-mm, not yet, not yet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. it's definitely uh, an eye-opening experience being a dad. So transitioning into the main topic I want to cover with you, like what is the role of a father to you? Yeah, so the role of a father, um, in my opinion, and as a, as a Christian, I really want to hone in on um, the foundation that I have for this. And that's... Um, displaying God the Father to my children. That's what it is. That's the role of a father for me. Um, And so that means that I teach my son everything. Um, My son learns how to smoke cigars one day from dad, right? He learns how to have Mm -hmm. wine in church from dad. He learns how to throw the ball and tackle somebody from dad. He learns about sex from dad, right? This is son, this is what happens. Right. And I'm, I'm, it's my job to be the first one to introduce it to him, 
so that I can give him clear-cut boundaries and then also know and have confidence that my son can always come to me about these things, right? It's my job to teach my son about video games. It's my job to teach my son about hunting. It's my job to teach my son about all these things so that he grows from a foundation of maturity. And he doesn't go later on one day and stumble through things and have a really hard time trying to find a balance as an adult. Um, you know, so my job is to shepherd him and uh, to, you know, give to God a godly son. That's that's my job as a, as a father. That's awesome. I definitely can relate. So the, the next question that's going to tie into this is mm-hmm. it's your job to do these things. It's your job to let him first experience it. You want to be, I guess, side by side with him when he's experiencing it. most of those things, maybe not all those things, but sure, you want to yeah, make yeah. sure that he's learning it from you. Now, on the other side, you said, you know, growing up as a, as a bastard child, yeah. were you, did you receive that same experience from your father? No. And how no, did by, that by affect By and large, you? no. Um, so um, it affected me very poorly, I would say, because I was, for a while, I was a, a beta male, right? Because I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. Um, I didn't have the self-control and the maturity um, to go about how to talk to women. Like that's a yeah. that's an essential skill every dude should have. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And dad, I agree. dad should be the one to tell you. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have to fumble through that one. Um, but so that that was something. You know, my dad never never taught me how to pray. He never taught me how to read the Bible. Um, I just figured, uh, what the heck with it, you know. Um, it wasn't something that we, we really did. My dad never really disciplined me. Um, and because my dad didn't do a lot of these things with me, what ended up happening was there was this hole that I had inside as a, as a male, as a, as a man, as a man growing up where I needed a father, um, and I needed direction, um, and discipline in those areas to help me grow and mature and and be able to bear the weight as a man. Um, and I didn't have that. And so the Marine Corps was really a godsend because I got disciplined left and right. <laughs> you know, I, I really had to mature fast. I really had to learn to grow. Um, and there were some, there were a lot of good things. There were more good things than bad. Um, there were a lot of bad things, but I think once I became a real Christian later in 2017, um, I was almost kicked out of the Marine Corps, uh, is when that happened. And it was a very, God, I love, I love that day. Um, you know, all the bad stuff started coming away and all the good things that God gave me through the military where I lacked a father and I learned self-discipline, self-direction, all these other things. It really restored what I, what I wasn't given from my father. Um, there were a lot of things that I didn't, obviously the Marine Corps didn't teach you how to, you know, um, how to love God and love your neighbor to a degree. Um, but they do teach you how to have self-discipline and how you can use that to apply it to other areas of life, which was, it was super helpful, super helpful. Oh man. I definitely could relate on that side. Like, like I was telling you before in the pre-lobby, uh, I grew up with my dad to an extent, I would say probably like between ages 15, 16 is when he really like di- not disappeared, but he, uh, disconnected from my life. No. And like you said, there's, there's some key things that as a, as a teenager going into a man that you need to sit down and really figure out because I was unfortunate in a lot of the main things growing up, uh, maybe, you know, interacting with women and how to treat a woman, how to be a man and yeah. certain things I learned on my own 
and then certain certain things I was forced to learn from my mother, who was you know right. at, at one point playing mom and dad in my in my life. I was as I was Same. going, and I, and I love my mother for that. She definitely she shouldn't have had to, have to do that, but she right. definitely was able to do it. I mean, she, I grew up with two younger brothers and an older sister, and she played mom and dad pretty much for the whole piece. Now, do I still talk about that now? Yes. However, I like to think that I learned how to become a man from my mom and myself, maybe a little bit from my grandfather because he was definitely there. Yep. But uh, I definitely had to run into a few walls and figure life out. And yeah. like you said, the Marine Corps definitely tied into that. Like, okay, structure, discipline. Yeah. But what about the other things of being a man? Because you right. could be a, you could be a Marine for four years and still be immature and be a young kid oh in your gosh. mind. And we've known I mean, them. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. We've, we've I mean, there's, there's Marines still, there's Marines that are still in, probably older than us, that are still not mentally matured, yep. and yeah, we can't even get into that right now. But <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's why it's super important for young men, you know, to find fathers for themselves to learn from. Right? Surround. Like the Bible says, you know, if you want to be wise, be around the wise. Right? If you want to learn. Um, to be a man, be around men, people who are mature and are strong and are self-controlled and self-disciplined, right? They're dangerous when necessary, but they have that in check all the rest of the time. You know, these, these are self-controlled men who are displaying great amounts of character and that rubs off on you and it, it, it teaches you something and you start to act like that and your maturity level grows so i think it's important because of all that you know if you grow up as a bastard son like i did that you quickly grab the older wiser men around you that you can find and you say i want to be just like that i want to be like that i need to learn sit at that guy's feet in humility and learn when was it that you figured that out like in the transition piece of becoming a father, when was it was like, hey, I need to put myself in a room with these type of men, these type of fathers? Really, it was when I became a Christian. Um, so right. that was 2017. Um, goodness, uh, that was what, six years ago? Almost. So in two months from now, that'll be, holy cow, that'll be six years. Yeah, so uh, almost six years ago is when I, I learned that that's what I needed. I became a Christian. And there was no one around that could teach me anything about being a Christian. And so I was praying pretty hard, God, please give me godly men around, older, wiser men that I can learn from and glean from, um, who can discipline me, correct me, point me in the right direction, um, and help me grow. That's what I, that's what I needed. Um, and, you know, one of the, the failures, I think, when fathers don't step up, you know, and teach their sons all these different things um, what happens is there's a, uh, instead of being an alpha male, right. Um, and you know, the way I would look at this area of being an alpha male, sure. You, you know, you can go and talk to women, you know, and you're not super big on the emotional thing or whatever, um, in a, in a way that, you know, leads them over to the bedroom. I think anything that is a lot of taking is beta. I think if you're take, 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 it's beta. I think if you are a man who gives and you initiate that giving and you give, 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 right? An alpha male is somebody who says, I see what this woman can offer me if I want to marry her, but what can I offer this woman? That's an alpha thing. 
that's 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 a provider and protector mentality right um those things are essential for fathers to teach their sons early on and without that there's a beta mentality there's a lot of emotionalism that comes and women are drawn to that but it can be very toxic it's a toxic form of masculinity and it usually leads to a bunch of areas that mess you up later in little ways um you know but those are um that that's what that's what i would that's what i would say awesome i definitely agree also to add on to that i feel like for parenting period uh providing you said protecting and providing i love that because i feel personally that's definitely a key aspect of a father or a husband that you have to be the rock and the protector for that family that you make Uh, at the same time i love uh, my wife I, i give her i give her kudos for this all the time she's my wife's an alpha female I married her because she's an alpha female. She's not a pushover. She she likes to get the job done. She's a provider and protector herself. So I love the fact that as I'm teaching to my son, she could teach that same those same values. Uh, so it's like a team effort. Obviously, there's a lot my son will learn from me, but I think it's a key uh, a key point of being a parent. Period. So your son's five months now. Mm-hmm. So he's fairly young, right? He's he's not even. He's, he's, is he crawling? Is he sitting up? He's crawling backwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's, hey, baby steps. Yeah, so, yeah. Literally baby steps. Literally. But so from the time that let's go, let's go from the time that you find out that, you know, your wife's pregnant to where your son is now, how has that affected you? You know, the, the idea of being a dad. Yeah. So, um, my, uh, my son, uh, was conceived on our wedding night. <laughs> okay. So he's, uh, <laughs> nine months later, sure enough, he came out, <laughs> um, awesome. September 7th, he was born, um, and he was conceived, uh, September, uh, 18th, I want to say 18th or 19th. Um, yeah, this December 18th of 2022. Yeah. 2021, 2021. Yeah. So, um, it was really great. And, um, you know, we found out and I was like, well, it, it didn't really hit me yet. It hit my wife. Um, you know, a lot sooner than it hit me. Once I, once we got far enough along in the pregnancy, um, I noticed that the protector side of me started to, um, I don't know, it's almost like it was kind of aroused. Um, and then the provider side of me at the same time started to get worked up even more. It's like, man, I need to, I need to get, I need to get moving. I need to do more work. I need to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And my wife being a great helper, you know, freeing me up of a lot of things that I, I used to do on a day-to-day basis made me realize what am I supposed to do with my extra time? Oh shoot. I guess I should go work more. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go get busy even more than I am. And, um, you know, once the baby came, um, you know, and I'm sitting there holding my boy, you know, and he's fresh just out of the womb. You know, they just, I, I just cut, I just cut his umbilical cord, you know, (laughs) I'm like, man, this is, look at this little kid. Yeah, it is. Um, and so I'm sitting there and it's like really hard for me to sleep. I did sleep. I slept almost for a solid 24 hours. I didn't, I didn't realize I slept pretty hard after my wife was in labor for about, 40 hours, 40, 44 hours. Um, and so, and I, I had to run back several times to go and check up on the dogs that I was, um, at the boarding facility that I had out of town. But, um, every time I'd come back, 
sure enough, I just, I, I couldn't get tired. It was something was fueling me to keep going. And then I'm holding my boy and I, it was almost like if anybody tries to harm this kid, let, let my life be taken instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I saw that and, you know, definitely the sacrificial side and also the, um, the offensive, the offensive side of that protector relationship that I have to my wife and my son, where I'm watching the door, you know, and I'm watching people even more like we learned in the Marine Corps, right. and, but it's even more now. Um, you know, so a lot of that was happening. I want to provide more, you know, I'm, I'm critiquing myself now. Am I working enough? Am I doing enough? Am I providing enough? Um, how am I communicating to my wife that I am a good protector to make her feel safe and secure at home? You know, so those are a lot of things that happen, uh, once the baby, uh, once my wife was far enough along the pregnancy and then once the baby came. For sure, man, I would say. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm going to start off with my piece first. I feel like as a new father, you can't prepare enough for it. Like, for example, I remember like, Hey, you know, what do we need to get for his room? And you know, what are some of the key steps I need to be preparing for, for, for my newborn child to come? And even with all those steps taken, there wasn't enough books or, or yeah. Google articles that I could find yeah. to prepare myself for what I was about to endure. And at the same time, like you said, when he's fresh out the womb, I was one of the, I, mean, I was the first one to hold him. And even then, I just feel like an instant instincts were, were turned on inside me. Like, hey, I don't yeah. know how to be a dad, but this seems right at this point. Yeah. And even then, with the instinct there, there were still little things that I wasn't prepared for. And I feel like as a new dad, you just got to <laughs> roll with the punches, I guess. You know? Yeah, you do. Do you yeah. feel like you were uh, Were you prepared? Um, so this is um, – I, 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 I don't want to step on anybody's toes out there um, or, or yours. Um, I felt like I was very prepared. Um, oh, look at and that. the reason I say that is because I spent so much time working with puppies. Um, mm. and so I, what I learned when I had read some parenting books is that people would often use dog training examples. Um, and I would train people's puppies or their adult dogs and they would look at me and say, Oh my gosh, this is the same. Like, do you train kids? Like this is the same thing that we've, been told over the years, you know, to do for kids. And I was like, huh, okay, well, I don't have a kid yet, but you know, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Hmm. And so when the baby came, you know, after four weeks, he started sleeping throughout the night, about eight hours, seven, eight hours throughout the night, you know, and everybody was like, how are you doing that? You know, how, how are you doing that? And then, you know, he would, he would cry and whatnot. He would have, you know, problems. And my wife, um, you know, would have difficulty with it because this is all very new for her, but I've dealt with screaming puppies that were eight weeks old or younger for years, you know? And so for me, I'm like, man, the puppy is harder. This is pretty blunt, you know, screaming and crying that I'm hearing. So it doesn't really affect me. I can do what I need to do and I can help my wife and be that steady rock for her. Um, you know, and I can step in and apply principles that I've been using for eight years, going on eight years for dogs. And it's amazing how they work for kids. The delivery is different, right? How you administer the principles different, but the principles are all the same. Um, and you know, that really helped a lot. So I am probably the, uh, uh, the exception to the rule because most people that I know, 
Most yeah. families that I know, most dads, most moms are like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm like, dude, I prayed for so long. I was scared. I wanted kids, but I was scared because I would do something <laughs> wrong or not know what to do. And here I am. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm humbled. Thank you. You put me in dog training. And I didn't realize that that would help me at all. And it, it actually That's outstanding. really did. So it's not to step on anybody's toes or be like, aha. It's more like, you know, God gets the credit there because I was like really worried over the years before I knew my wife. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was terrified that I wouldn't know what to do. And here I am. And I'm like, Oh, this really isn't that bad. Now we also, the whole don't time, God, a, go ahead. we also don't have a hard case with our son, you know, uh, yeah. in, in certain respects, <clears throat> like some people there, maybe their kids scream more, maybe they nap more, maybe they nap less, maybe they, they need oh, to yeah. be fed more, fed less, whatever it is. Um, you know, but I mean, if he's our easy kid, um, I feel like he's exceptionally easy. But in my mind, I keep going back to the dogs that made it easy when I was working yeah. them. And I was having to learn a lot of self-control and patience. So in That's that awesome. regard, you know, it has it has become um, not as not as difficult. That's great. It seems like God was behind the scenes preparing you. He's like, hey, Blake, yeah. th- this is what I got in store for you. Training starts now. Dude, I think so. Yeah. That's great. So with that being said, it sounds like it wasn't that hard at first, right? Because well, it's still fairly easy. I hope that you, if, you know, whenever you guys do have more kids, I hope that it's just as easy. Uh, from my experience, we'll <laughs> uh, I've seen, I've seen, because I have a, so my son's godparents, my best friends, they live next to us. Mm. They have two daughters. And the first one, was uh completely different than the second one like one needed a lot more attention one was easier one slept more you know you see all the different changes so right. I, i'm hoping that my next child is a lot easier than this first one because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. boy my son is a he's a handful i kind of so with that being said i kind of hope yeah, it gets uh it's tossed up you know i kind of hope it, it god shakes it up you know i get a girl all right now i gotta learn how to be oh, yeah. a you know now I got to learn how to, how to do that. And that's going to be very different. 100%. Can't teach him the same, can't teach her the same way. You know, it's got to be different. I got to be more understanding. And I'm really, I'm looking forward to all the differences and changes with the kids as they come. Because I know all it's going to do is make me a better guy. It's going to make yeah. me a better husband, a father, better man. Um, and that's what I've begged God for for so long. It's teach me to do that. And I know that means I need, I need a wife so I can learn how to be, a better man and I need kids so I can learn how to be a better man. You can't get away with stuff when your kids are running around. They're like, daddy, why are you being mean to mommy? It's like, Oh crap. Yeah. Let me, uh, I need to go repent. I need to go apologize and make it right. You know, daddy, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh man. You know, I, I need to, all right, Lord, thank you. I asked for this, didn't I? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. so you, you start getting humble. You get, you know, I like it. I'm looking forward to it. It's character development, you know? For sure, for sure. All right, Blake. So what would you say is like the number one rewarding thing of being a father? Oh, man. Um, I will have succeeded far beyond anything I could ever imagine if my son grows up loving Christ. That is the number one priority. It's the only thing God cares about for parents that believe in him. In Jesus is, you know, I think it's Malachi. It might be a different book or Micah might be Malachi, but he says, what has he desired of you, a man, but godly offspring. And so Hmm. my kids loving and obeying God in all that they do 
I can't do anything better. I good grades, great. Are you are if if you're failing in school, are you giving it your all? Are you trying to trust and obey God as you're doing? Are you working as under the Lord? Are you not are you knowing how to deal with your anger? Have I taught you how to do that? You know? Have I taught you self control, son? Do you love the Lord? You know? Tell me about God. Can you tell me about God, who he is, what he is? Can you tell me from the scriptures, you know? Who is this person of Jesus Christ? You know, what did he do for you? You know, if I can, if I can succeed there, I've succeeded everywhere. And I, I, I can't, I can't succeed better than that. I can't. That's awesome. And that's great. I'm sure with the track that you're going right now, brother, uh, your son would definitely follow you in your footsteps. If you continue that path. Lord so willing, man. We'll sure see. You get there. Lord willing. Awesome. Awesome. So for the soon to be father, the brand new father, or maybe even uh, the father who grew up as a bastard child, what is like the one piece of advice that you could give to them? Dude, there's hope. Oh, there's hope, man. There's so much hope. And, uh, you know, don't dwell on the bad stuff because I did that for a while and it ate at me. And I was like, man, I, I should be so much further along than I am. You know, um, the advice is run to God, find good men that know what they're doing. Find men that are successful in areas that you are unsuccessful in and that it'll rub off on you. If you want to learn to be wise, run with the wise, right? If you want to be a fool, go hang around your peers who are going to tell you everything you want to hear. <laughs> go hang around wise men and become a man, right? Don't remain a bastard child. Go find a spiritual father, a bunch of spiritual fathers. You know, go find guys that are going to beat you up. They're going to say, stop doing that. You know, hey, well, you're never going to get married if you don't go ask her out. You know, hey, go read these books. Hey, go go back into the gym. What are you doing? You know, hey, you probably shouldn't have talked to yep. that person that way. Don't do that. Hey, your attitude sucks, you know. Um, you know, go find good godly men, older, wiser men who know what they're doing and you like what you see and you're like, oh, I just wish I could be like that. Go find those good, older, wiser men. Hang around them. And you'll become like them. Outstanding. That's a great piece of advice. Thank you. That's very well said. One thing, as we get close to time, finishing up here, I always, the new thing I started in the podcast is I like to ask this question. So here it comes. Okay. If you could choose any profession other than what you're doing now and the money was irrelevant. So I think I like to use the same example. Mm. Like if, if your goal in life was just to flip burgers and they would pay you whatever amount of money, then go flip those burgers. So what would be your alternate profession? Oh, man. Um, you know, this is something I've been running from for a long time. and I'm uh, pretty upset that you asked me. <laughs> oh, uh, you're on the spot. Yeah, I know. Um, I really enjoy what I'm doing as a dog trainer. And I think um, in many ways I'm, you know, one of the only uh, guys in the world doing it the way that I'm doing it, um, or the way that I'm going about it, I should say. Um, I think we all do things, we, you know, the methods are very similar, trainer, trainer, I don't, I'm not talking about that. Um, but the reasons why I'm doing it are vastly different and never, they're, they don't exist anywhere else. Um, not in anything mm -hmm. I've read, listened to, or seen, or asked. So, you know, I really enjoy my vocation is a dog trainer. I think it's a ministry as well in ways and it provides for my family. Um, but if, uh, if I was mature enough, 
think that's the key. If I was mature enough and I don't care about the money, um, I would actually want to be a pastor. I, I, if I, you know, if I was mature enough and, you know, I know some of the pastors that I really am encouraged by around the country, they, they make scraps, but you listen to their sermons and they read scripture and it's just like 30 to minutes to an hour of going through scripture and expounding yeah. the word to you. Um, you know, you are convicted and you are filled with joy and you are encouraged and you go throughout your week feeling full. Um, I would want to do something like that. Um, but I'm terrified. I'm terrified of the pulpit and I'm not afraid to admit that I am utterly terrified of the pulpit and, um, it keeps me away from it and I'm happy to be away from it. But, um, (laughs) yeah, it, I can't deny that that is, that is something there. So I'll, I'll let, I'll leave that in God's hands. If he wants me to be a pastor, he will make me a pastor. I, I don't need to worry about it. Yep, for sure, for sure. I agree, man. Awesome. Well, as we come to a close, one of the last things I like to do is go ahead, plug yourself in, brother. Any type of websites, Instagrams, TikToks, you name it. Go ahead and plug yourself in so the listeners could go ahead and follow you. Yeah, man. So my podcast is free. Um, obviously, it's uh, Dominion Dog Training. That's Dominion Dog Training. Three words. Uh, it's on Spotify. And, um, you know, a lot of free content there. I'm trying to give as much as I can that people can apply right away at home. Uh, the longer episodes deal with, um, you know, I'm explaining things, current problems or controversies in the dog training world or et cetera. Um, then I've got a website, o4k9.com. It's obediencefork9.com, but it's just o4k9.com, the letter O. Um, and I've got some stuff on there. Um, you know, then I've got um, TikTok is obedience4k9, the number four, and then k9. Uh, letter K and then a nine. Um, so obedience spelled out and then 4K9. Um, and I've got some stuff on there and I'm pushing people to my podcast as well. Uh, Instagram is 04K9.training. I don't really do too much on Instagram, but it's there. Um, then okay. I've got um, my Facebook page, uh, 04K9. <laughs> okay. Um, there it goes. <laughs> and I, I do a lot. I do a lot on there. I do a lot on there. So that's all the stuff that I've got. And I, I do have online courses, um, you know, on how to train an eight week old puppy all the way up to adulthood into off leash obedience. And so if folks are interested in that. Um, I try to keep it cheap for folks because I'm not having to do any work. You know, I already did the work, oh, yeah. you know, so they just need to watch it and they can have access for like a year, go back and forth. What did I do wrong? Let me go back. Here we are. Rewind, fast forward. Um, and I'm making those courses better as we speak. After this, I've got to go take a, a puppy out, a 10 week old puppy and train that little puppy and make some more videos. <laughs> so lots coming, there you, go. you know, how to deal with, um, aggressive dogs of various kinds, how to, de- how to train older dogs, younger dogs, depressed dogs, hyper dogs, anxious dogs, um, you know, for off leash obedience and whatnot, you know, so that's, that's all I got. Awesome. Hey, I'll tell you what, Blake, it's, it's great catching up with you. It's definitely been a long time. Uh, great to have you. I'm grateful to have you on, on the episode for sure. You definitely bring some value. Uh, always good talking to you, brother. But uh, we'll definitely keep in touch, man. Thanks for joining the show. Awesome. It was a pleasure. 
Sweet, I'm so tired. Sweet, I'm so tired. 